One of the things that I think is really important, we need to separate the who from the do, okay? And what I mean by that is separate who the person is from what they're doing. When God looks at me, he sees who I am as a person. He certainly sees who I am in Christ. He will never agree with everything I do and say. Hey, welcome to another week of the Endow Podcast. My name is Isaac, your host, and we have a great episode in store for you today. It's all about disagreement and conflict, how to engage it well. Uh, when we look into who Jesus is, we find how we're to disagree and engage in situations because we see him obviously doing those things within the Gospels, and it really shows us how we are to engage them as well. And to talk to me today about this is Christian counselor Tom Brooks. But before we get there, I wanted to say a huge thank you to our listeners. Um, last week, we hit over 10,000 streams for the podcast. Uh, these past nine months have been so much fun as we've been delving into issues of life and faith, uh, you know, obviously the very practical and the theological. And, you know, across our nation and really around the globe, we've been able to talk with these Christian leaders as well about these relevant issues. And as I said last week, let us know if, uh, you know, you think anything could be different on the podcast, or maybe you have a suggestion for a topic. Uh, we take all of the feedback that we receive very seriously. So you can always go to Back to the Bible Canada's website, and you can fill out the contact form there, or you can always connect with us over Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anyways, let's move into our conversation with Tom Brooks. Well, it's great to be with Christian counselor Tom Brooks once again for being here. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, my pleasure. Um, you were the third guest ever on the show. It was our episode number four way back in January. And I think this is probably now, we're getting up to about 40 episodes now. So, uh, yeah, you were on and you were talking about the sexuality, obviously. And I remember you saying, you know, the whole point of it was like, we need to invite God into our sex life. And that's a very provocative, almost kind of statement. But uh, it was very good. So I encourage if, if you, that does sound kind of interesting and that's like piques your interest a little bit, uh, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, it was an excellent episode and we had a lot of uh, great feedback from that. Uh, but today we're going to have just as good of a conversation, well, hopefully. Yes. Um, exactly. We'll see how it goes. Uh, no, it's going to be great. And the, the title of our episode is called Dealing with Disagreement. Um, I, I sort of feel like, you know, in, in some senses, a lot of people are just kind of a little bit afraid to disagree because they're not sure how they're supposed to do that, especially in our cultural context that we're in. Um, so we want to obviously learn how to disagree and how to engage others that we have differing viewpoints in a godly and a righteous way. Um, the fact is that we as Christians, we need to know how to disagree. And the reason why is because we are going to meet other brothers and sisters in Christ and we're going to have sort of these open fist issues that aren't necessarily essentials to the faith, but we might disagree. And that's important that we know how to still be family yet disagree. And at the same time, we are going to have to disagree with all the other worldviews and religions in the world because we believe in exclusive faith as well. So there's disagreements. And then there's all the little disagreements like stuff with your spouse, friends, work, all these different things as well. We need to learn how to disagree well. And the fact is we're, we're all unique. We all have different talents and, and positions. And it's kind of silly to think that disagreement uh, can be dodged somehow, you know, that we, we're, we're all going to fit perfectly. So it's inevitable. Disagreement is inevitable. So why don't you first, Tom, um, briefly, actually, you know what, for those who have never heard of you, why don't you just quickly uh, give a little bit of who you are, but then you can kind of morph that into why do people disagree in, in just general? Why do people struggle with disagreement? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge question. Yeah, um, yeah I, I grew up in the church. My dad 
dad was a pastor, so my mom told me that when I was five years old, I accepted Jesus into my life. And, you know, um, I personally believe that my real conversion was when I was about 19. And that's when I really understood, you know, salvation and healing and being set free and all that kind of stuff. And then by the time I was 29, I really accepted God's grace. And I think when we look at struggle... Um, and struggling with conflict is I'm not going to agree with every single person in my life. Uh, I think one of the things I help people with, and, and believers, non-believers, it doesn't really matter, and, and you're absolutely right, conflict is inevitable. Um, you know, it, it's going to happen. And so how do we deal with it? Many people run from conflict. Uh, part, of that, part of that reason is, you know, they're afraid that they're not going to stop. They're not really trusting themselves. Um, once I start, you know, being angry, I'm going to just keep going. Or once I start saying this, I'm not going to stop. Um, it can also mean uh, it's going to ruin a friendship. It's going to ruin a relationship, you know. Right. And so we struggle with how do I how do I say this? What do I say? How do I perceive this? Um, first of all, I think it's really important to understand that how does God confront me? Mm. Um Jesus, when Jesus came, he came to start a revolution. Right. Um, and he came to start a revolution with believers. Mm-hmm. I mean, those who had God, those right. who already had God in their life. Um, he came to say, uh, I want you to think about this. Why do you believe what you believe? And I think when we, when we stop for a second and, and look at people, we're all kind of in the same boat. I mean, right. really, whether we're believers or not. We have to ask ourselves, why do we believe what we believe? And um, when, I'm, when I'm in conflict with someone, and, and I'm not going to share anything here that I haven't gone through myself, okay? Uh, because obviously growing up in the church, um, there's always been this, you, you know, Matthew 5.37 says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Um, it's kind of okay to say yes in church, but it's not okay to say no. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's some sort of ungodly, unchristian, not, you know, thing right. to say no. Quotes around that, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> yes. We would prefer you say yes, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're going to be on the worship team, right? You know, um, <laughs> you're going to be coming to the men's group, right? And uh, and if we say no, it's like, well, what's the matter with you? What's And yet God, you know, he put that verse in there for a reason, right? That we have that privilege. We have that, um, we have that uh, advantage or whatever to say no, and so when people do this and they're in they're in disagreement with us, how do we how do we handle that and how do we handle our own disagreement with others? One of the things that I think is really important, we need to separate the who from the do. Okay, and what I mean by that is <laughs> separate who the person is from what they're doing. Right. Um, and I'm going to, again, bring my own personal relationship in with, uh, you know, with God, is that thankfully he does that with me. When God looks at me, he sees who I am as a person. He certainly sees who I am in Christ. Um, it, but th- he will never agree with everything I do and say. But that doesn't change his acceptance of me. That doesn't change his love for me. That, that, that is always solid, yeah. right? And if I'm going to be honest with myself, and this is where I believe disagreement begins, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I'm going to look in the mirror and go, okay, I know who I am, but I certainly don't agree with everything I do and say. So that's important in relationship, right. um, is, that, is that 
we're looking at who we are as people. For instance, I'm going to use some examples that Jesus had. Right. The woman that was caught in adultery. Yeah. Right. Did he ever point out, oh, you're a homewrecker. I don't want you selling your body for sex anymore. I wish you wouldn't do. He didn't do that. In fact, he didn't use condemnation or a way to judge her uh, to cause her to change. But he wouldn't be in agreement with her lifestyle. Of course. Right. And and I think in society, we have this idea that if you're not in agreement with me, you don't accept me. Right. And that's a... That's a misnomer. That's, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for us growing up, we get judged based on our behavior. Yeah. Let's be honest. My report cards growing up were always, <laughs> Tom would do much better in class if he would stop goofing off or if he would pay more attention. Right. Then my dad would slap me on the back of the head and just tell me to knock it off and stop doing that. Right. But the teacher didn't really know me. Right. Didn't understand my behavior, took my behavior and judged me as being disruptive or unattentive. Right. But in actuality, I I had a real friendly, humorous kind of value personality. Right. And so what all our years growing up, we're we're judged on that. And, And I think in the church, we are kind of judged pretty harshly on our behavior yes on the, on the doing yes the yeah. doing um I, I i like to make a word picture of a tree right and the trunk of the tree is kind of who we are you know and our roots are in god our roots are in the word our roots all of you know everything our life comes from god and then it helps us become more of who we are right, right. and but the fruit that's on the tree let's be honest is not always good fruit sure right yeah. yeah, it's not always good fruit. So I I know that. I know there's smelly fruit on that tree, and I know there's great fruit on right. that tree, right? Yeah. And so when I look at myself, I need to separate who I am from what I'm doing, yeah. right? And I want to then, if I'm going to be in a disagreement with somebody else, and let's just start in the church. Let's not even talk about, you know, coworkers and all that kind of stuff. Let's How well do we disagree in the church? Right. If we could learn to do that better, the, I think the world would look and go, wow, I want that. I want some of that. Because all of this, um, uh, you know, even Paul was talking about quarreling. I want to give you more, but you guys haven't even got through the quarreling stage yeah. yet. And in 2000 years, I, I don't know if we've really <laughs> changed the whole thing. Yeah. Sure. And so I want people um, to, yes, Understand, I will never be in agreement with you in absolutely everything and right. all your behavior and all your, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean I don't want to be in relationship with you. That doesn't mean that I'm judging you. Right. We need to separate. I can't judge you. Mm-hmm. What gives me the right to judge you? But I can be uh, scrutinizing your behavior sure. and I'm going to give you the same privilege in my life Yeah. because in reality, even whether I'm a believer or not a believer, God confronts me mm-hmm. with my behavior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if I'm going to be in disagreement with someone's lifestyle, that doesn't mean I have to reject them yeah. as a person. And I, if I'm going to be honest with them, I'm going to say, you know what? I struggle with this and this. And I, I'm not even happy with my own behavior. Right. And I think what happens with disagreement And probably why some people take it the wrong way (laughs) is because I'm coming from a place of 
having it all together. I'm coming from a place that I've got, you know, I there is no smelly fruit on my right. tree, right? right? And when people feel that, when somebody does that to me, I'm feeling condemned. I sure. believe I'm being uh, put down or judged or, or, you know, that kind of thing. And I... The Bible is very clear. Do not judge, Matthew 7, right? Judge not, or you're going to be judged, right? And so only God can do that. Only God can be the judge. So when it comes to to, um, looking at someone, I need to explain to them, just because I don't agree with what you're doing or what you're saying or how you're saying it, that's just the fruit on your tree. Yeah. I think that in when when we are talking about these things and we get a strong reaction back, I think what we need to do or what would be important to do is to begin to ask questions, you know, why are you responding so uh, harshly or, or why are why are you so aggressive towards me right now? Um, or I'm curious what you heard me say, mm. right? So that we can get some feedback without us or even myself jumping to a conclusion yes. about that's good. You know about the disagreement, right? right? Yeah. Because I want me, I, I want everyone to know that I care about them. I yeah. want everyone to know that I love them. And and in reality, what is my goal for confrontation? Right. right. If my goal is to simply prove that I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. It's not going to turn out well. It's never going to turn out well. Jesus was confrontational. Yeah. Go to John chapter 8 when he was talking to those that believed in him, right? He he if you go through that whole chapter uh starting at verse 31, he he was constantly hammering the message, who's your father? Who's your father? Who's your father? <laughs> and they kept saying Abraham's our father. And then no, God's our father. And then Jesus says, no, no, actually, the devil is your father. And it's like, that is really (laughs) harsh. But he was saying it in a way that you guys don't really believe because I'm not seeing that fruit on the tree. Right. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condemning you. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, where's the fruit? Right. Where's the evidence? And honestly, I have days in my life where the evidence isn't that great. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I have days in my life where the evidence is okay. It's yeah. been a good day in God. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the stories, and, and I want to give a personal story, okay? Sure. Um, I was working with somebody whose uh, daughter decided to, uh, at 19, um, move in with a guy who was 36, okay? And the parents, good Christian family, yeah. you know, um, they did not know how to handle this right? because they were like, we don't want to talk to her anymore. That's it. She's made her decision. And I went, hold on a second. We need to disagree well, yeah. right? And so we said, you know your daughter. I said, you know your daughter. Who is she, right? She's been in church. She's just lost her way right now, you know, but who is she really? And they began to say, well, she is loving. She is generous. She is you know, kind hearted. Okay. So that's who she is. Okay. You're not, but by separating who she is from what she's doing, you're never going to condone what she's doing. Are you ever going to agree with her moving in with this guy? Never. No. So they got together with the two of them, right? And uh, it was very, very difficult. It wasn't easy, but they kept saying to themselves, look, we 
know who you are. We love you. We care about you. We're in your corner. Mm -hmm. But please do not expect us to agree with everything you're doing and saying right now. And, you know, the interesting thing is it actually had a tremendous effect on their daughter. Yeah. She actually had tears in her eyes and said, thank you. Mm -hmm. She didn't change. She didn't stop living like that. But she all of a sudden understood there's this kind of love right. that I have for you that, that that I'm not going to agree with everything you do and say, but it doesn't change the love I have for you. Yeah. And so, so good. I, I think if people understand that, mm-hmm. this is why I'm saying what you're saying, right? Yeah. And and let's be honest, unbelieving coworkers and stuff, like they find out you're a Christian, they're going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Oh, sure. Uh, you laughed at that joke or you, oh, you said a little bit of an off color, this and that and the other yeah. thing. Oh, you <laughs> swore. And it's like, they're looking, they're examining the, <laughs> the fruit, fruit that's on yes. our tree, yeah. right? And, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. But I do explain to them, look, you're doing to me what I want to do to you. Separate who the person is from what I'm doing, yeah. right? And just because I'm a believer, yeah. just because I'm a Christian, just because I know that God loves me, right? It doesn't give me the right or the privilege to say what you're doing is this and right. that and the other yeah. because yes i i will never be able to agree with what you're doing and saying yeah. please don't put me in that box yeah that's really good right and i think uh go- going back a little bit just to when mm-hmm. you were talking about how uh what is your goal in confrontation what is your goal in disagreement and you said is it just to prove yourself right you know um and I, I remember before we are having this conversation now we had got together and and you brought up a point that i found is fascinating and it was so simple yet it was it's just profound and you were almost touching it but just to just to be able to explain to, to listeners the idea that jesus had a goal so every yeah. single confrontation disagreement he made whether it was cleaning out the temple talking with the woman at the well whatever it was his goal was to obviously reconcile man to god yes to obey yes. his father like yes. that, that was his goal. So everything he did was for that goal. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And, and when you said and in the same way, we need to have a goal and about reconciliation with others and restoration like that. Yeah. I thought that was profound. Yeah. Elaborate on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, for just, if we're just going to share our feelings or we're just going to, like I say, be in a disagreement with no goal in mind, um, then it just turns out to be all at war. Right. But our goal is really, I want to show you the love that I've experienced. Right. And and, and really, for me, whenever I'm in conflict or I'm in confrontation, um, it is I want you to know me in a deeper, more meaningful way. And right. I want to get to know you in a deeper, more meaningful way. Right. Yeah. And, and as long as my goal is to point you to Jesus, point you to what God has given me in my life, that is the deepest thing that I have. That's the deepest thing that I can share. And God never lets me off the hook. Right. And he's never going to let you or anybody else off the hook right. regardless. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and you're right. Jesus, he really wanted to point everyone back to the father. Yeah. Ever. Always. I mean, when you look at his his uh, when he confronted people and he and, you know, he says, I came to bring a sword right between father and son and mother and daughter. Like, what is he saying? Well, he's saying. Um, all relationship is important, but it's not as, as as important as the relationship you have with me. Yeah. Right. That's big. <laughs> yes. It's very big. And again, not saying that 
you know, you have to reject these people. No, it's just the relationship is more important, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just, it's, it's really good. Because if you, if you are having a, a disagreement or conflict with, say, a non-Christian co-worker that you're with, um, if your goal is to draw this person closer to Jesus and they've done something or they've disagreed with you or you're disagreeing with them and your selfishness, I guess your sinful heart wants to just prove them wrong or fight or whatever. If your goal is to show them the father, then the best thing you might do is obviously forgive them. Yeah. And you know, like Peter asks Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, seven, inf- inf- infinitum, right? Yeah. And uh, that might be the best thing for a non-believer. If you forgive them, then they'll probably be a little bit shocked. Like, whoa, yeah. they're, they're not trying to prove themselves. Yes. They're forgiving me. What is this? How can this person forgive so freely? Yes, you know, exactly. And that's slowly pointing them to the Father. And I mean, I mean, you have that kind of uh, disagreement, but then there's, you know, your disagreement with your spouse or your loved one or your best friend that's a believer. What right. what can you do then? Well, still forgive, still, you know, yes. point them to the Father that way. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus was, I mean, very... Uh, accepting of who people are. I mean, here he is being nailed to the cross. And the first thing he says is, Father, forgive them. I mean, you look at that and is that how we are approaching people? Is that how we are approaching a non-believer or a believer? It doesn't matter in the church or outside of the church. Are we saying, are we already there, right? Mm -hmm. I am not holding this against you. Everything, Paul says, everything must be covered in love, right? And, And love is I hold no record of wrongs. Yeah. Right. And and in a in a marriage relationship, in a family, I mean, it's all messy. Yeah. Um, I don't expect my kids to agree with everything I do and say. Yeah. You know, my, my dad always said, "As long as you live under my roof, you'll do as I say." Yeah. Um, but that doesn't work so much anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is. I know you. I understand you. Yeah. Um, I accept who you are as my son or my yes. daughter, right? But please don't expect mom and I to agree with everything you do yeah, and say. That's, that's so good. Right? Because yeah. kids nowadays will say, um, I, uh, if, if you loved me, you would let me go to this party. Or if you, you know, if you, if you really accepted me, you would let me hang out with this guy or this girl. Yeah. And no, that's not true. There's a falsehood in that. And yes. just like in society, um, you know, it, it's, if you really accepted me, you would be okay with me saying this and this. And this. No, that's not true. Yeah. Um, I can still accept you, but not agree with what you're doing and saying. That's so good. But everything has to be covered in love. It has to be, I'm not holding this against you. Yeah. I'm not your judge. Yeah. Right. But we're living in community or we're living in, um, you know, Paul was very clear about diversity. There needs to be unity within diversity. I don't want you, Isaac, to be like me. Right. However, if we're going to be in friendship or we're going to be in in community uh, as as Christians, as believers, well, we're going to we're not going to agree at times sure. with something I've done and said and you've son- done and said. And I, I pray in church that you would come to me and you would leave your gift at the altar and you right. would come and be reconciled with me. It yeah. doesn't mean, OK, Tom, I'm going to change so that I can make you happy. No, I don't want that. Yeah. I want you to say, Tom, I know who you are. You're a great guy. I know you mm-hmm. love God. I know you care about me. Uh, you said something yesterday that kind of really you know, hurt me or offended me or I'm not quite sure. I just need to talk to you about the fruit that's on your tree. Yeah. I just need to talk to you about your behavior, about your words. Right. And that why can't we do that? Yeah. And I'm saying that is the goal because I already yeah. know your heart, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that to me really helps. You got to be, you know, overabundant and mercy and love in that. That needs to be the the 
power of your disagreement needs to be covered in that love. Yes. Um, I've done a lot of study through Jude lately. And uh, obviously the main point of Jude is that he is telling the first century church to contend for the faith because there's false teachers that have come in and are perverting the grace. And near the end of the, uh, near the, end of the letter, he, he gives this kind of call to persevere. And the, it's, it's kind of split into two halves. The first half is what you do uh, in your own faith and building up. But then he says, this is how you need to respond to others. And I found it very applicable to what we're talking about. He says, um, have mercy on those who doubt. And I think that was very powerful because what it shows is that if I have a Christian brother or sister who's starting to doubt, starting to do things that I'm not agreeing with, in my first sort of thought in my mind that could come up is being really concerned about them. What about where are they going? What's going on? I might even gossip about them or something like this person's doubting God or whatever. But yet yeah. Judas saying, you got to have mercy on them. And even, and then a little later on, he even talks about those that don't even know Jesus, just n- those who are completely unbelievers, he says, have mercy on them. Mm-hmm. and But be in fear mm-hmm. because you don't want to get caught up in what they're doing, of course, but have mercy. And I found that very profound that even to those who are doubting that are, might even be starting to believe in false gospels and who aren't even believing in Jesus, Jude is calling us to have mercy right. on them. Have mercy. Don't, mm-hmm. don't get angry. Don't fight them. Don't get worried have mercy. Right. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it, it does really boil down to relationship, not where a relationship with other people is greater than our relationship with Jesus. Right. Right. No, our relationship with Jesus is the most important. Yeah. Right? And we never know if we disagree with someone, if that kind of wakes them up. If that kind of like, whoa, I never thought about that before, because let's be honest, we've all been slaves to sin. We have all, we still every day, you and I wake up going, okay, I'm giving my life to Jesus again, you know, and, and I am not going to follow what my mind would tell me to do, what my emotions would want to drive me to do. Is that any different than anybody else? It's just our spirit has been awakened. We are no longer slaves, right? We are now sons and daughters. What message would that be to someone? Yeah. Because everyone who doesn't believe is enslaved to those things that they just want to feel like doing or they just believe that they're doing, right? And um, uh, to, to say that Christians are just narrow-minded and... No, we're actually more free. We're actually more free to know what we're doing right. and why we're doing it than other people, yeah. right? So, and, and we're free enough in Christ so that when someone disagrees with us, we'll be able to take that in a godly and righteous way. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Yes. So that well, is. We're, we're out of time now, Tom, but uh, I, uh, I so enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, and I, I hope to have you back soon again. My pleasure. That was my conversation with Christian counselor Tom Brooks. Dr. John Neufeld says that I can think of no greater need than the need to give biblical, reasonable, and understandable answers to the questions that young people are asking about gender identity. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm sure you've already heard about it, but we're putting on our very first live event, Sexual Identity, hosted by In Doubt Live. And that's going to be at the end of the month on Thursday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clova Theater in Cloverdale, B.C., Canada. The real aim for this event is to answer the question, what does the Bible say about our sexuality and our identity? Uh, 
And to help us answer this question, we have Dr. John Newfeld, who's going to be uh, kind of giving a biblical analysis. We have Steve Kim, who's an associate at Apologetics Canada. He's going to be giving a worldview approach. And then we have Pastor Dave Johnson from Ethos Church to sort of say, you know, how do we respond to the people in regards to this issue? Each of them will be speaking for 15 minutes each. Uh, before that, we have a couple of songs of worship. And then after the speakers, we have a live Q&A panel with the speakers. So we encourage everyone to bring their uh, questions as well about this issue. Uh, again, it's going to be happening on Thursday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clova Theatre at Cloverdale, B.C., Canada. We ho- really hope to see you there. It's a free event, so I really encourage you and your and your group of friends to come along to that. Anyways, that wraps up the Indo podcast this week. If you want to reach out to us and connect, please do so by heading to Back to the Bible Canada's website. And you can fill out a form there, or you can always just connect to us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. Anyways, I'm Isaac, and this is the Indo podcast. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.